This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. In our busy lives, many of us struggle with the concept of serenity and how to experience that amidst the sometimes craziness of our daily lives. In the first program of the year, we spoke to Trevor Hudson, a pastor, well-known speaker and author of many books. You might remember that. He told us about his book, Seeking Serenity, a daily devotional with 365 readings based on the serenity prayer. If you've missed that episode or just want to listen to it again, you can go back to the podcast of the first week of January to listen to the talk we did on the whole serenity prayer. It's a beautiful program, so be Mm. sure to get back to that. It was a very important one for the beginning of the year to build your year upon that. He explains in his book how he had written it with the idea that finding a source of serenity might empower us to engage with our broken lives and society more creatively and effectively. Yes, and this prayer is widely used all over the world uh, in the 12-step fellowships. Um, They very often don't read the full prayer um, where people really aspire to reading the serenity prayer. And they use the first three lines of the serenity prayer, which uh, goes like this. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change and courage to change the things I can. But then it doesn't end there. And the wisdom to know the difference. So we are going to be focusing on the first three lines uh, to see how they can help us face the challenges of life. So in his book, uh, Trevor uh, has taken each of these 12 lines of the full serenity prayer, and he has written the devotions for entirely one month per line. So you can imagine how much uh, Uh, value and how much content there is just in one of the lines of the total serenity prayer. We've been reading that book in in our couple devotional times. And even after praying the prayer over many years, we're challenged by the idea of continuing to find fresh ways to to apply these three sentences in our lives as individuals and also as a couple. Yeah, we decided to base this month's program on the first three lines as it would be used as a guideline in everything we encounter and all the decisions we make on a day-to-day basis. By now, you've probably quite curious about these lines and maybe not as curious as I've already (laughs) prayed them. Um, And it's something that we can pray at the beginning of anything. So at the beginning of this program, we could say the serenity prayer. And um, perhaps you already know them and you've come across them already. If you've heard them for the first time, uh, very, very welcome. And um, so... But before we continue, I'm just going to read it again, because what I'm going to say now, I'm going to base on those lines. Mm. And for those people who are not that familiar, um, it might be good to hear it a second time. Those of us who actually go to fellowships are very used to it. And it goes like this. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things we can, 
and the wisdom to know the difference. Mm. Now, I don't know about you, Frederick, but often in my prayers, um, my normal prayers when I just pray to God, I don't normally think about this. I just ask God to change anything and everything and anyone um, I don't think that there are some things that cannot be changed, mm, mm. you know, because God is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. Of course, he can change everything. Mm. So it's interesting that this prayer actually starts with that. Yes. And, you know, what is interesting for me, Suki, is um, it is not um, uh, grant me the strength so that I can accept things, um, but it is a focus on Asking God, so it's something that I cannot do alone, um, and I, I don't know about you, but I often think about God can change everything. Mm. But anyone praying this prayer um, needs to know that it is God that brings a change, but that we also have a responsibility. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't tend to think about the important aspect of accepting the things I cannot change. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, very often uh, in my addiction, I really tried to change my circumstances. And they were far, far out of my control. But in my dysfunctional thinking and uh, in the, my dysfunctional character defects, I tried to do those things and fix them and control them on my own. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm also thinking, were you able to do that, Frederick? Oh. Was that successful? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, so um, I'm trying to think of, of, of an incident where I was really trying to change things. Well, let's just go to, back to my time when I was uh, in the addiction. Um, the addiction was revealed in a time when we were in a career uh, in China as missionaries. And for two years, I tried very hard to stop uh, this process addiction that I had. And I prayed, and I repented, and I asked for forgiveness, but it didn't help. Um, I prayed and asked God to take it away, but in His love and in His grace, He did not answer the prayer to just suddenly take it away, because He knew there were things that I cannot change, that only he can change, the deep-rooted issues that needed to be changed. Things in our character, right? Things yeah. that, so it's part of a sanctification process mm. and a place for us to come to. We say, Lord, I cannot do this. Mm. I mm. really cannot do it. If you don't do it, I cannot do that. Absolutely. And what, I've, what I discovered, that even though there was a lot of growth since I started this journey, the COVID X uh, pandemic really exasperated and brought a lot of stresses that sometimes quickly um, brought up the old patterns and the old way of, of communicating and doing things. And I couldn't change that. I mean, I, I, I couldn't change the pandemic. Um, if I could, I would be a millionaire, you know, mm. if it's got some way of changing that and uh, making it go away. But we can't. and um, But so neither of us could, hey? And, I mean, there are certain restrictions, the lockdown stuff. I think that was really one of the examples whether a person struggles with an addiction or not. But mm. that's where everybody realized there are some things I cannot change. Um, 
And yeah. I just need to learn to change my behavior and my thinking, and I need to ask God to help me. Yes, you know, to navigate how things. many people have we heard of that have lost jobs, mm. um, and they were not in control of, of, of that, and lost family, and became very ill, and, and there were many losses. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, let's talk a little bit about um, the serenity part, because mm. I think... Mm. Um, indeed, uh, we already said not to mention, you, you, you added, uh, you just mentioned the people that were struggling in the face of addiction on top of COVID as well. Mm-hmm. Because even in our situation where you've been free of that, it really also continued to affect our relationship. And yes. we had to continue to find new ways mm. for deeper connection with each other. Um, so many of us get bogged down by relentlessly trying to help the person with the addiction to change. Mm. And they almost lose their own lives in the process. Mm, mm, that mm, reminds mm. me of the first line, even before that, stating, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Suke, and, and, and that's what you are saying there is so important because um, we, in, in most relationships, one of the two partners are suffering with some type of hurt, hang-up, or habit, or addiction. And uh, the one who is not suffering with that uh, addiction or hang-up is the one that is often trying to help the other person get away from it. And um, that is one of the things that they could possibly not change. But in the effort of changing it, they lose their serenity. Isn't that so? Mm, no, absolutely. Mm. And so about serenity, even before we go to the things I cannot change, let's talk a little bit about the word serenity because mm. it's not a word that we often use. Um, it's something about being peaceful. So I'm going to read to you a paragraph of what Trevor Hudson said in his book on serenity the first day for January. He gave us permission to do this. Um, Of course, it speaks of a deep peace that God alone can give us, a spiritual peace that lasts through everything which nothing can take from us. It's really a gift of Mm. God's spirit. But let's think a little bit more about this peace. It's a deep inner sense that no matter how dark and difficult things are now, all is ultimately well. Now we know that on one level, everything is certainly not okay at all. We live in the midst of overwhelming heartache and heartbreak, both within and around us. Mm. But God's peace does not depend on external circumstances. And when our hearts are open to receive this peace that only God can give, we can know serenity. Sure. That's so special from... um Trevor's book, Seeking Serenity, and if you have not been able to get hold of the book, it is really worthwhile getting hold of this book. And, you know, Suki, when you say serenity, um, I think of the many, many, many fellowships that um, say this prayer, and it later becomes just like a ritual. Mm. Grant me the serenity to a little, and uh, we say it, and we don't really understand what serenity really means. I looked it up in the dictionary. And uh, it says it's the state or quality of being serene, calm, tranquil, and at peace. And uh, we know that this peace is the peace that God promises us that he can give, this peace that goes beyond 
all understanding. Mm. Let's listen to some music and we'll get back to this. Before the break, we spoke about uh, grant me the serenity and the word serenity. But before we move on to the other few lines, I just want us to look more at accepting the things I cannot change because that's such a hard one. Oh, yes. It reminds me of the, the wise Chinese man that was going from village to village and he became very famous because he uh, helped people to get rid of all their problems. And he arrived at the village. Everybody was super excited. They're going to be get rid of their problems. And he told everybody to go that night and write down all their problems and on a scroll. And the next day he said to them, everybody bring the scrolls into the plain, into the where the center of everything, the community, and pile them up there. And everybody was thinking, ah, oh, maybe he's going to burn it, and then they'll all disappear. And once everybody had put their things in there, he said to them, go back to the pile, and whatever scroll you take, you take that person's problems. <laughs> and everybody rushed to the center of the pile and looking for their own problems mm -hmm. because they knew their own problems and then they were able to accept their own problems and that brought them more peace than what they had before. Mm -hmm. That really says something about that, hey, because so often we think we cannot accept our problems, but if we suddenly need to exchange it for someone else's problems, yes, then we think like what God says, he gives us grace mm. to handle what he gives to us. What mm. we need to, what we need to, uh, what is given to us, mm, mm, mm. and but we don't have grace to handle the other problems. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, that's a good a good story to illustrate that. Let's continue to talk from the perspective of a person struggling with addictions, and me from the perspective, um, and I will be talking um, about on the perspective of a family member or a friend of someone with an addiction. Mm, yes. If we look at the second line of the prayer, it says. The courage to change the things I can. From my point of view, it would be how I can change my responses when it comes to the person with the addiction. Mm. Sometimes people continue to rescue the person with the addiction. Like you will know, certainly you often heard this or maybe even done it yourself, about the mother that hides the alcohol from the father who's an alcoholic or even ask the kids to do that. Mm. Yeah. And that is a temporary way to handle it, but then we take responsibility for that. And that reminds me of the three C's in dealing with addictions. The three C's stand for, Frederick, I haven't caused it, mm -hmm. I can't control it, mm -hmm. and I can't cure it. Oh, we cannot. Mm. And so often family members of addicts, we fall into that where we think we can control it mm -hmm. or we can cure it. But we can't because mm. it's a family disease, whether it's alcohol or porn addiction or whatever mm, it is, mm. game. Um, there are positive and constructive ways to deal with it. Mm. Even though it's painful to witness the addict, and it is very painful, mm. and the harm they cause to themselves and others, you can't cure it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They often need rehabilitation as an addiction affects what they believe, the way they think, feel, and act. Mm. Loved ones can't cure it or control it. We need to rather focus on what we can change, and that is myself. 
and to respond in a way to be helpful on the long run. Because if we hide things, mm. it's not going to be helpful in the long run. Yep. We actually take charge of that, control of that addiction. And it actually worsens, doesn't uh, it? Yes. Taking care of myself by getting enough rest, getting support. I need to work on my boundaries of what I'm able and willing to do and what I'm not willing to accept and to put certain consequences in place of what I will do. Mm. If that, that doesn't mean we control the person. I think sometimes people think you control it, but just you cannot control him, but you could say, this is what I will do. Yeah. If you drink too much at a party, um, I'm not going to go home with you. Mm. I will order an Uber or mm. I will go home with a friend, but I'm not going to go home with you. That's very important boundaries that uh, people can put down to be safe with themselves. And that reminds me of that acronym FAB, the Feelings, Attitudes, and Behavior. Yeah, and you're speaking now from the point of view of the addict itself, right? But it's actually for both. both. Yeah, actually, I think it's for both, you Absolutely. know. So uh, mm. uh, being an, an, an addict uh, and in active addiction, I am responsible for my own feelings, my own attitudes, and my own behavior. And uh, and just as much as the addict is responsible for those things, the, the person or the partner of the addict is responsible for their own feelings, mm -hmm. attitudes, and behavior. That's true. And often we get that mixed up because we take responsibilities for the attitude and the feelings or the behavior of the addict. And mm -hmm. that's where that example comes in that I've just given to us. Yes. So, uh, you know, of these three things, Suki, um, the, the reason we use FAB is because our feelings influence our ad ad uh, attitude and our attitude determines our behavior. And, and that is why it's so important to know our feelings, uh, to be aware of our feelings, and to deal with those feelings. You know, very often people talk about the positive or the negative feelings, but feelings are actually just messengers. They are, they are telling us there's something happening inside of you that needs attention. Hmm. So um, if something immediately springs up and I become very sad, the messenger of sad is telling me there's something that has been taken from you or you have lost something and I need to give attention to it. So if I give the correct attention and appropriate attention and the appropriate way of dealing with those feelings, then my attitude will be better and therefore my behavior would be better. Mm -hmm. So instead of going from feeling terrible and uh, done in or unjustified and ending up in a rage and a road rage or whatever, I can go back and attend to the feeling, change my attitude and respond appropriately if I, if I need to become angry or oh, whatever. It sounds easy, but it's not. Eh? Oh, it's so difficult. So, yeah, but it's, it's good to be aware of these things because it's a good starting place for mm. that. Um, yes, and then the, the third line. The wisdom to know the difference. So sure. what to change, what to accept the things I cannot change and to change the things we can. And then to know the difference, because I think it's not so easy practically to think, well, what can I change and what must I accept? Mm. And that mm. is the tricky part. Yeah. And, you know, so many uh, folk that I speak to, addicts, um, and they are of my counselees that I speak to, they say, when they come into the room, they say, I know this, I know this, and I know this, a whole lot of knowledge, Suki. Mm. 
Um, and they, they know everything about it. In actual fact, that was a stage in my own recovery journey and restoration journey. I had all the knowledge, but I was still acting out. Mm. So wisdom is not knowledge, but it, it is when we start living that knowledge and we start working uh, that knowledge and uh, applying it into mm. our lives. That is the wisdom that we can gain. And Scripture says... Ask God for wisdom, mm. and he will give it. Mm. So if we don't know, we can ask. And, you know, part of my quiet time is to go and sit in the morning in the sun and to become aware of what's in my heart and to talk to God about it. And often read a psalm because the psalms are filled with feelings and mm. shows us how to deal with that. Yeah, the rest of the month, we're going to explore these three sentences and what they practically mean. Mm. So next week, uh, we'll be talking to Gert Muhlman. He has already spoken uh, on, with us on the radio. He's a counselor and very involved in a restoration and recovery program. And he'll be sharing his insights with us from the perspective of his own life and his clients uh, he works with. And uh, we often talk um, to, to ladies, but this month we're going to be talking to men. And uh, so if you are perhaps a bachelor or you are single, um, tune in next week uh, and the week after that, uh, tune in this month, or perhaps you're a divorcee and you're struggling with some type of uh, hang-up or habit uh, or a hurt, come and listen in. Uh, you are going to be uh, well-fed and uh, you'll go back with more practical answers to your questions. Till next time. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 729 AM. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za.